It is 822. It is Friday morning, which means we welcome into Studio B, John Hancock. Good morning. And Michael Kelly. Hey, everybody. Gentlemen, you're not matched today. Is that right? Huh. Off, I was... Often, ladies and gentlemen, Hancock and Kelly come in and they are similarly dressed right. completely accidentally because so they're like twinsies. I did put on a blue shirt this morning and I was getting ready to leave the house, <laughs> but I spilled it something on it. Oh. And so I thought, well, I'm going to go to green. What would you spill? Uh, I was eating and uh, <laughs> what's it to you here? Well, <laughs> I'm just curious. You're yeah, getting older. I and, spilled uh... a little something on me and I didn't want you to have to make fun of me. All right. Well, I'm doing it anyway. <laughs> All right. Well, let's start with the story of the week, and we'll start with you, John. All right. For the first time in history, the House has ousted its speaker mid-session, and uh, it seems like general chaos. What's happening? Well, I feel like we've seen a lot of first time in histories in American politics of late. Uh, You know, this is obviously a destabilizing situation for the Republican caucus. They've got a four-seat majority. They couldn't hold it together. And apparently, striking a deal to keep the government from shutting down was the straw that broke the camel's back for eight GOP members of Congress. And now you've got this vacancy, and we'll see how that plays out. But uh, between Steve Scalise and Jim Jordan, uh, I don't know that either one of those two gentlemen are going to be able to put together 218 votes. And that's going to, it will get resolved, but how it's going to get resolved is anybody's guess. Yeah, and, and is this a surprise to anyone? I mean, w- after what we watched, the 15 rounds, uh, the Republican Party refusing to kind of control and deal with the far base of the party. Um, you know, say what you want about Nancy Pelosi. Uh, these issues didn't happen. She had the same margin of of, of a majority in Washington, D.C., and she didn't have these issues. She has a caucus that's got widely different views. Uh, Kevin McCarthy was so hell-bent on being speaker that he was willing to trade his soul to do it. And unfortunately, I think he's put our democracy in jeopardy. I don't see how the Republicans are going to get out of this problem. Um, They may pick another speaker, but should they keep these same rules? That's it. If they keep these same rules where one, you know, yahoo can stand up and make a a scene, uh, this could be a a never-ending process. And at the end of the day, these eight folks don't care about governing. They just want to break things. They think this is fun. I mean, Matt Gates has got more TV cameras around him than the president of the United States right now. That's what turns this guy on. Uh, and that's what they're up to. So um, good on you, GOP. Yeah, they, they have to change the rule. And if they don't do that, you're right. And we'll be right back here again. Real quick before we change topics, though, Michael, there are people blaming the Democrats <laughs> saying the Democrats should have saved Kevin McCarthy. Right. Because, you know, Kevin's been so great. Uh, to Look, Nancy Pelosi put it best when she put out a tweet on the day that this was going down and said, look, it's not our responsibility to carry the majority. We're the minority. Our job is to be the opposition. Our job is not to save your bacon. Um, And she did it far more eloquently than I said right there. Um, And, you know, then you couple that with I watched CBS uh, Face the Nation with uh, Margaret Brennan last week, and she had Kevin McCarthy on. He blamed the Democrats for the reason that we had the, the budget crisis. I mean, it's this alternate universe. These, So I think he made his own bed, uh, and it's just preposterous they make that argument. But pretty much anything that's coming out of the GOP right now, particularly those who are tied to Donald Trump, is a lie. There's no more truth coming from these folks. 
Yeah, and the Democrat uh, voting against McCarthy, that, that's one of the most establishment institutional things you could, of course, if the other side's having a, a meltdown, uh, you, you jump on the train. I mean, I remember years ago we had Bob Griffin was the Missouri's House Speaker and Tony Robato from here in St. Louis, yep. and they had a divided caucus then, and it was like, you know, it was like Christmas morning for us on the Republican minority <laughs> side. What could be interesting, and this would be sacrosanct, they couldn't be, you know, the Republicans shouldn't do this, but Hakeem Jeffries, which they did not try to do during this last vote, could go over and try to work a couple of moderate Republicans and say, hey, look, I'll cut a deal with you on some of this stuff, you know, conservative principle stuff, but, you know, I'll be the speaker. Uh, that would be more likely than saving Kevin McCarthy. Well, one issue that keeps getting more intense is the migrant crisis. Yep. The mayor of New York City traveled to Latin America, a four-day trip, to, and visited dangerous places to say there's no more room at the inn in New York City. The governor of Illinois is angry also at the president for his policies on this. What say you? I'm with them. I'm with everybody. Look, the, first of all, this is a world problem we're living. This is not, you know, the Republicans like to make this about the southern border. This is happening throughout Europe. This is happening. This is South America's flooding into the United States. Uh, and the reality is, is government needs to work here. Uh, we need an administration that has some urgency behind it and a Congress that actually wants to pass an, uh, some legislation and fix this problem. Scott, I said it last week to you when we talked about this. I think we're going to be having the same conversation 10 years from now. I am not optimistic that the president and the administration and the Republicans in Congress can agree on anything. Well, there's a growing realization on the Democratic side that something's got to be done to stem this flow. You, you, it's unsustainable what's happening right now. It's unsustainable. And, you know, securing the border shouldn't be a controversial political subject. I mean, it, there should be general universal agreement <clears throat> that something should be done. They may disagree on what and how, but you can usually solve what and how if the underlying uh, shared objective is to stem this tide. And I think we're getting there in a bipartisan basis. So I'm a little more optimistic than Michael on the long term, but it, we've got a crisis on our hands. That is John Hancock along with Michael Kelly. What's coming up on the show between 8.30 and 10? Well, we're going to have State Senator Jason Plummer from next door in Illinois to talk about just that, this border crisis and how it's affecting Chicago and the state of Illinois. Uh, Scott McFarland is going to join us about the House Speaker kerfuffle.